Welcome back, everyone, to Mission Daily. You know, yesterday we talked about patterns and changing patterns specifically so that you can keep your mind fresh. You know, we talked about some of our family members who are unfortunately had, you know, going through or have suffered some type of memory loss. But we also think that this is a good practice to bring into your daily work life, something to keep your mind fresh. I'm joined today by the boss lady, Stephanie Postles. And we're going to talk today about how to keep your business operations, whether you're small, I'm assuming whether you're small, whether you're big, how to keep ideas fresh, maybe how to learn new ideas and new ways to implement products, services, processes. It doesn't matter what it is. Let's talk about how we can possibly keep our minds going the, because the because business is like that. It's a mental mm-hmm. muscle, right? Like you're constantly changing. Your product might not change. You might get lucky to be one of those companies that doesn't have to change products. Like uh, you might be McElhaney making the Tabasco sauce. Uh, they, I don't think I've changed their no. product in uh, like don't 80 change years, it. maybe Whatever's longer. great. Keep it. Yeah. But we're not that maybe. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not telling them to change anything. I think they're doing no. fine. But for most companies, they cannot get away with having a product or service that does not mm-hmm. change. Yep. So I, that's what we're going to go through today around how to actually bring this into business. And I know earlier I mentioned on the last episode about like bringing into sales but I thought that was kind of an interesting thing to think about of how to get people to listen to you as step one, how to be creative with your conversation tools, how to get people to open that email, answer that phone call. And a big piece of what I was reading about and looking into was around this idea of having a pattern interrupt. And how do you change like what people expect to see every single day? How do you change their process? And so this is like a 101 thing to start like thinking differently. Um, but some of the things they were talking about is like, just your opening line when you talk to someone. So normally it's like, hi, Albert. Hello, Albert. Like, happy Monday. You know, the normal things that you're like, skip, skip, skip. And so they're like, what if you just changed it up to like, aloha, (laughs) something that's a little bit different. Or you dropped in a funny meme into the, you know, that's actually like relevant. Or they were talking about cold calling. Instead of being like, hi, Bill, it's like, how are you? (laughs) Because then they're like, wait, are you my friend? Why are you asking how I'm doing? And so just something that kind of shifts what the norm is to be able to stand out from the pack. Step one of a pattern interrupt right there and how to actually use it in business. That's what I offer you today, Albert. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we used to, we've done, we experimented with that at some of the other companies I've been a part of. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But the one thing that, and I'm going to, you know, shout out to my old company, Ad Shoppers, that like, fundamentally change things super fast was a combination of product offering and that hook mm-hmm. opening. So we had tried all these different hook openings to try to get someone to, um, you know, open the yeah. email and understand what the product was. And <laughs> we, we tried this like cut to the chase copy and, <laughs> and it was, and we would, I sent this email to someone and I said, um, I have the email of everyone that visited your site. Would you like it? That's great. No fluff. That was I don't it. Need anything else? <laughs> and there, and then, and then the guy would be like, "Send it to me." And so I sent it to them. And then, how did you get this? It was like, "This is how our tool works." <laughs> yep. I mean, and, and it it really transformed the business. Like uh, we had kind of been struggling for a little product market fit, and like just that little hook mm-hmm. change was. Um, I mean, it was like. It outperformed everything. Like nothing could come close to it. Nothing could get uh, more people interested. So 
in a way that's a that's a you know that's just changing up your I guess email copy style because I guess a lot of people if you if you follow the same sales gurus or email copy gurus well you got to know that other people follow them mm-hmm. too so inevitably how they tell you to personalize it your email is going to look like all of the, everyone else's yep. so I'm supporting you on that I was like that that little that little change was. It was yeah, awesome. I was. I'm trying something <laughs> out new today where I'm putting my phone number in there and I'm like, text me. We'll see what happens. But I'm like, how many people put now everyone's going to copy my idea. But like how many people put in an email to maybe an executive like, here's my cell. Just send me a text and we can carry it over there. <laughs> TV yeah, on if it yeah. works or not. But I'm like, that would definitely throw me off where I'd be like, is this real? Is this a real phone number? I just want to try it out to see. <laughs> Stay tuned for that. Ooh, one. I, I, see, I would. I'd be nervous. Why? Too. What am I? What if it's uh? Because there's all those scams nowadays that they just want to see if you actually would answer. True, so but I'm then like, you have my nice little smiling face on a trusted domain. Hi, just me here. <laughs> I don't believe in that. Come on. Hello, just little old me, just trying to get a good text conversation going. <laughs> what other? T- but what other tactics have you heard of? Of like changing the way things are traditionally mm-hmm. done to transform businesses? Have you? What? What are some ideas or some of the cases you? You've seen. I've heard of some really good ones over my time interviewing different people at at Mission. Yeah, I mean, well, one is I saw a lot of examples of this at Google, where they would make you basically any way that you were doing a process, any way that you were thinking, they would try and get you to think back from like day one before you had this process, before you had this thing, to try and like keep rebuilding something. So that's what I always think about. If like it's easy to get into you know, a system, a process or whatever it may be, but they were really good at being like, okay, imagine you don't have this tool, that person, this support anymore. Like, here's the problem. How would we solve it a completely different way? And sometimes it would still be back to the same answers, but a lot of times there'd be like very creative ways that people would like go about solving something in a better way. So that, I don't know if you would, I mean, I actually would kind of still call that a pattern interrupt because oftentimes you're going into a company and you're just part of a process. They're like, we've been doing, you know, search for, 10 years now, we know how to do it well. And like, this is the process. And so having a new person coming in and thinking differently or training staff to just audit things without the existing way of life, I think is a good way to get into that habit. You don't want to do it too much if you're like, hey, if something's actually working, you don't need to constantly just like keep auditing your life and everything. But um, thinking differently by not relying on like the current present, like systems of how you have it set up is a good way to kind of like get out of that you know, routine way of doing things. But yeah, yeah. The, from my experiences, listening to the different and and hearing your story just there is it's all going to happen through doing it's never through research. Like you cannot research your way. I feel like you cannot research your way to Mm -hmm. a new idea. Um, Not one that's, we are in that culture now though. Just follow the people. They'll tell me the things. It's like so much listening and learning. I'm like, still have to do get out there. Yeah, you learn so fast mm-hmm. by doing. That's why I was like, yo, you got to go mm-hmm. do the thing, right? And so uh, I think about here's, – here's a couple that I'll cite that I know that were really good. Um, one was with the CEO of Indeed and when he was talking about how they encourage all of their new cohort to pitch for a fund that would allow them to bring a product mm-hmm. to life. And so they have to go through the product of process of research, a lot of homework. But then once you get funded, you have to actually go do the thing. And he talked about one of the products they invented was a way to collect help wanted listings uh, effectively, you know, exactly as it sounds to the listeners, people putting help wanted signs in their storefronts. They wanted to, the engineers thought of a way like we could go have people 
take pictures, upload the job posting, and we can help all these small businesses find part-time hourly workers. And he, the CEO talked about how like he did not think that would ever work. And it turned out to be one of the most fantastic mm-hmm. products at Indeed. And I was thinking to myself, there's also, to your point about pattern recognition, there's also this pattern that we kind of fall into where we, based on what we know, we assume that something mm-hmm. will not work. And so you can actually defeat an idea before it ever comes to life because in the idea stage, it's very easy to strike something down. In the results stage, it's virtually impossible. If I have results, it's, but the only way to get results is to do. And so that still goes back to what we're talking about before. It's like you have mm-hmm. to do the thing. Like you just, it's just, it, there's no way. I'll give you an example. Like uh, for me personally, like real estate investing, like how, how do I feel like I've learned a lot in a short period of time? Oh, mm-hmm. I just started doing it. Like, <laughs> like, like I bought it, I bought the house. I bought it remote. People are like, well, how'd you do that? I was like, I don't know. You, you definitely need to put a lot of trust in a lot mm-hmm. of other people. Um, but that was, to me, that's how I learned things. I, I do I do the thing. And so I would encourage anyone who's listening who has an idea, it's like you're better off trying to make it come to life than you are writing some type of game plan or business plan of how to bring an idea to life. Like you're better off just doing the thing because, like I said, the data that suggests success is undeniable. Typically, that'll be all you need to like change, yeah. be an ch- agent yeah, of change. which I think you can do that. When you're an entrepreneur, easily when you're, you know, of course. But I also think, I mean, you can do that in a current company too by just being like, okay, my current job is taken care of well. I mean, this is what I did. I'm like, great, I'm doing a good job here. I'm going to go get into like, you know, figure out the satellite division and like, what are we doing over here? And just finding a way oh, to yeah. put yourself in an uncomfortable spot and being like, how can I offer value? How can I help? Because then you come in with this complete different perspective they're all thinking about, you know, whatever they're thinking about, like very niche level satellite stuff. Here I come with like a finance and product background, jump into something new. And once again, it's doing, but it's like figuring out how to add value, but like a new kind of value. So I think you can do it like building a company. And if you're in a company too, just jumping out of your current job responsibilities, whatever it is, like make sure they're covered and figure out something new that you can play into and see how to add value. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw another story out there. Shout out Jordan Collard, who was a guest of IT on IT Visionaries. He was with Guy Kirkwood at UiPath. Guy has now since updated his LinkedIn to say he's a farmer because uh, <laughs> Guy has oh done okay for himself. <laughs> but Jordan built a services company around UiPath and robotic process automation, and he said one of the hardest things to do was to convince somebody that they mm-hmm. needed this. It was a very hard way of thinking that. Uh, a robot in a computer could solve a repetitive task such as billing or uh, form fills or whatever the case may be of what they were solving. So they just had this gap, like people, customers, and and here was Jolt, their company, trying to teach them RPA and just wasn't working. So they've studied some customers and some of their biggest installs and implementations. And they realized that if it was brought from within, the likelihood mm-hmm. it would turn into a bigger job was far greater. So they said, instead of trying to convince all these companies how to do RPA, let's arm more people with the skill of RPA so they can just bring it in there organically. And so they started offering free classes, how to use UiPath, Mm -hmm. basically. Like they, Jolt would go around the country and teach people how to use RPA. And what they were looking for was, let's say someone who was aspirational and they worked in a traditional company. Let's say you worked for an insurance company and you were man, I really want to automate the billing process because I don't like doing the same thing over Mm -hmm. and over again. That person would come to the class, learn how to do it, go do it at their work, 
And their boss would be like, how did you do this? I use UiPath. Where is that? How do I get my hands on that? And that's how they started selling up through these organizations because, like I said, the results are undeniable. So they catered. They almost catered to that person that was wanting to break a pattern. And they said, this is how we'll get more people, groundswell, people showing their bosses who controlled the checks. This is what RPA is. Because when you're doing something like what they were doing, uh, it's very hard to convince somebody to try anything right without seeing yeah. results. And so they figured out a way to basically enable the Mavericks. Like who are, who who cares the most about solving this problem? Let's give it to them for free, and they'll bring it in. And uh, you know, Jolt was acquired, so I think he made a good call. It only took him two years to get acquired wow. too, and that's a services wow. company. That's good. So that's like very creative <laughs> thinking of like, yeah, how do you actually get your thing out there? Because that's what I think is actually from your story that you just gave. It's one pivotal moment in like a career, a journey, uh, whatever it is that literally can change the whole course of that company. And that I wonder, I'm always thinking like how many people are at that 90% mark where they're just like, I'm about to give up. This isn't working. My product's not working. It's not resonating with people. And then it's like one simple switch like that all of a sudden transforms the whole company just by one little switch of like, okay, I'm not going to go after the top. I'm not going to go after the companies. I'm going to go like grassroots approach, get it in the doors in a different way and actually go to these kind of people like, and it transforms that whole company in years. Yeah. Yeah. So Jolt was, it when he took over Jolt, it was under, I, I know he says, I'm not supposed to share his numbers, but it was a small company and they, he, they hired him as CEO. And I know two or about two and a half, three years later, it got picked up for a multiple of revenue, which is unlike, mm-hmm. it's very uncommon in services because, yep. because they didn't invent the product. UiPath already existed, you know, they, or in automation anywhere, there were other RPA tools, mm-hmm. but that's, what they recognized was what you had talked about, which is like, if everyone's stuck thinking this mm-hmm. way, man, it's so hard to convince them your way. Cause like it, ideas are easy to mm-hmm. shoot down. So they were like, we got to enable people who want to do the thing to yep, do the thing. Yep. That, <laughs> that was, that was their bet. I mean, that was a good bet. It reminds me of a good quote from Albert Einstein, where he says, we can't solve a problem by using the same kind of thinking we used when we created them. And that's what I think about pattern interrupts. Like if we keep doing the same thing, thinking the same way, we won't be able to solve the biggest problems that we have. We won't be able to, yeah, just change things up in a way that could just be that one little pivotal moment in life where it's like, there it goes onto a whole different course now because of that one change, that one difference in thinking, that one new hobby that you explored. It's just like so many avenues, something could go that maybe looks small in the moment. So me and Jordan called the strategy uh, Trojan Horsing. Because uh, we invented it back. Well, we didn't invent it, but we used it at Synaptis to it. change that company around. We didn't invent it. But Trojan Horse is really bad because, you know, of course, it was the gift. And inside were enemies and they killed everybody. So okay. <laughs> it's just the beginning part but, until they opened but the door. the whole idea was how do, we in, let, how do we make it so that the company invites mm-hmm. us in? Not that we're trying to knock heads, and especially in sales. I'm trying to knock heads and prove my product or service has any value. How do I open the door so they just directly let me in and then I demonstrate how good it is and they'll inevitably give me the mm-hmm. contract because who else would they rather yep. work with? And so we figured it out at the training company and then he they they used what's funny is they used training to solve UiPath, which is, uh, you know, excuse me, UiPath, RPA services because then they would go and build all the robots for all these different mm-hmm. companies. It was, it's a, it's a great support of what you're talking about, which is like how just you know, constantly trying to figure out a way that maybe you haven't done before um, or be willing. I guess not trying to figure out a way. It's more like if you're willing to try another mm-hmm. way, 
your likelihood to find it is better than if you just just pontificate. Yep. Yeah. All right, Steph. So let's do this. Let's put what we're talking about into practice. Maybe we, you and I could issue each other a challenge of each other to go do something. And that could possibly help introduce a new concept or a new process or I guess anything beneficial is still beneficial, right? So if you can bring something beneficial to the company, you've already done something better than just pure pontification, which I know for a fact does nothing. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. I have I have one thing coming to mind that I, something that I've started to explore that I think could be interesting and helpful. And it's a book that I have put off reading for a long time because I heard someone say, you know, everyone's poo-pooing on MBAs and like that's a thing now. But this guy who's like a very well-known investor was essentially saying, if you don't have an MBA, you should at least go read this book. And I was like, fine, I'm going to check it out. And it's called Competitive Strategy. It's by Michael Porter. And it's a book that was from like the 80s, I think. Um, but this book to me is a different way to change how I'm normally thinking because it's much more like foundations of business. How do you think about a moat? How do you think about what you can offer versus other people? And so it's, I think, kind of opposite from this you know, fast startup, get MVP really quickly, like this whole like quick, quick, quick. It's like this longer term, like zoom out and look at your whole industry and see what kind of uh, competitive dynamic can you have versus other people. And so that's something for me that I'm going to be exploring to kind of get me thinking uh, very differently than I think we have been thinking since 2018, where it's more of just like build quick, break shit, find customers, like build these media channels, have amazing content going out. And so this one kind of brings me back to like the basics of an industry. And I mean, it's talking about supply chain and like, could you have a competitive advantage through that? Could you have it through um, economies of scale? Like stuff I haven't really thought about since my like finance classes back in the day. But I want to see what that'll do to my mind, kind of going back to the basics of like building a company that lasts a long time. So that's what I'm going to bring into a future conversation. And I'll tell you if it actually changes my state of mind or not. <laughs> Oh, so yours, you're not going to do any, you're just well, reading? I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. <laughs> I'm going to tell you if it changes the process from Let's reading. Let's go. That is it. Okay, what's yours? What do you want to do? Anything? Anything? I am very much still believing that physical mm -hmm. things are, like, I, I would love to figure out a way to make some type of um, our service offering more, like, tangible, mm -hmm. more commodity. I know you hate it, but, I like, do. more commodity. Ugh. Is that I always, you know, I joke with people all the time and I joke with our internal team members, but it's like if, you know, if a thousand people are eating chicken, if you get a couple of them, you definitely can win. But if no one's eating chicken, it's hard to sell sandwiches. Like, so I put money down on a physical space, actually. I okay. uh, found out from, I found out from uh, watching Iced Coffee Hour with Graham Stephan, which I don't know how he gets recommended to me in the feed all mm -hmm. the time. But he was talking to what we were talking about earlier, Mr. Beast, complaining about how there's not enough studio and stage mm -hmm. space in North Carolina. That's why he bought and built yeah. his own. And I know here in Raleigh, the closest one is in High Point, which is about 80 miles away. So I convinced uh, my buddy Nick to put money down on a um, – I mean, it's a beat-up building for sure. But the cool thing about a stage is a stage is nothing but mm -hmm. empty space. And we're going to use a software called Simply Book, which I did homework on. It's to book time and see if we can sell space to this just big empty room. Because that's that's actually what it takes to film like a yeah. set and stuff. You just need huge empty space. Mm. And uh, so we are actively doing that. I will know the numbers on that. I mean, I take the keys on May 1st. Okay. So uh, pretty nervous, but it's a big bet. And uh, 
it's not going to involve me because I don't know how to shoot cameras and stuff. Right, you <laughs> but, face. And I'm not shooting anything. But if other people want to shoot things, so they want to call it the big panda oh stage. So we'll see what happens. All right. So you... I'm the big panda for everyone listening. Yes, I'm the big that panda. is Albert, not me. If anyone's like, oh, I think it's Stephanie. It's not, it's Albert. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so you got something going on in the real world. I got something that I'm going to be reading and I'm going to bring it back into the real world. And so then we can come back and figure yeah. out, like, did I make any changes? Did that influence any changes in my life or with the company or whatever based off of that thing? And if so, what was that change in thinking? And yeah, you? and because we have camera crew as well as a mm-hmm. studio, if it works there, it should work in Austin too. There's really no reason why Mission Studios shouldn't be on for oh, other I people. Know. So we actually, this is something that I am actually exploring with a few of my friends here <laughs> who want to invest in a space together. Stay tuned for that purchase, Albert. <laughs> TBD. Well, you should, we should put this one for sale or sublease right now on Simply Book. Right. Well, let's talk afterwards. And for everyone listening, yeah. we will let you know <laughs> how this all plays out, but yeah before you know it we're just like warner brothers we don't make know, content right? at all anymore. Just just spaces. Like people renting space <laughs> make your own content we just have the warehousing 10 years from now we just like the biggest owner of warehouse oh, space like hey how did you guys start this company just an idea we just did it it kept paying so like we just kept doing oh it <laughs> well stay tuned everyone on what ended up happening i guess how have you innovated warehouses we don't. uh i haven't we just, I just buy them. we added a couple pieces of technology and now we're always oh my booked. gosh All right. Well, for everyone listening who's like Stephanie and Albert are going off on their usual tangents, let us know what you all are doing. Like if you're doing something, you're like this one change, this one different way of thinking, like really profoundly impacted my company, my workflow, my team. Let us know. Email us at info at mission.org. We want to hear about it. We want to give you a shout out. And most of all, thanks for tuning in today. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Let's go. Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.